Okay, if you've got a Bible, I hope you have, can you open it to the book of Ezra? If you're not sure where the book of Ezra is, it is, if you turn to the Kings and the Chronicles, it's, you need to go a little bit further. If you get to Job or the, or the Psalms, you need to go back a little bit. It's about a third away in, into the Bible. We've obviously themed this weekend around these five prophetic P's, which we felt the Lord speak to us uh, back in May. So yesterday we looked at the pursuit of Jesus, serving the poor, a port for people to come into and being pregnant with an expectation of God bringing new life amongst us. If, if you weren't here yesterday, we did record those sessions. And even if you were, you might want to listen to them again. So they will be appearing online at some point. And this morning, I'm going to focus on the final P, the prepare. And this was a word which came not from Ben Whitaker, who brought the other words, but from Ryan Termoyshazen from Cape Town, who is with us at the start of our global conference week in May. And he brought this challenge to us as a leadership team and then lent into it when he preached on the Sunday as well. Are we preparing a building for the people or preparing a people for the mission the building will facilitate? Are we preparing a building for the people or preparing a people for the mission the building will facilitate? Now, we've been on an incredibly long journey with our building at Alder Road. There are people, we got people to stand up yesterday who've been in the church for more than 40 years. Some have been around actually for more than 50. And I know for 50 years at least, there has been plans and desires to do something substantial with the building at Alder Road. That is a long time, half a century. In two years' time, uh, three years' time, we'll be celebrating the centenary of Alder Road. And for half that time, there have been desires to do something with the building. It's quite an extraordinary journey. Uh, it's now 14 and a half years since Grace and I joined the church, and before we came down, when we felt God calling us and said yes to that call, before we'd even moved, I was looking at the buildings and thinking, this needs to change. And I've been here for 14 and a half years, and we're only just getting into it. Five years since we really started intentionally, carefully planning for what we're now doing. Of course, two and a half years ago, COVID struck, and then the last six months, we've actually been into the building project at Alder Road. It's been a very long journey to get to where we're finally getting with our premises at Alder Road. Ten years ago, uh, we went through a very difficult moment in building plans at Alder Road. We, we had gone through another process of trying to come up with some plans of how to improve our facilities there. And uh, we had this awful moment when we opened the envelopes from the, the builders who'd given tenders, and the, the quotes that the builders came back with were twice what we had been advised the, the build cost would actually be. And that was a very difficult moment. It was a moment, certainly, when I felt some real self-doubt, some real questions about my leadership of the church and where God was leading us. In retrospect, what we'd come up with at that time was actually a bad plan. The, 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 the plans we had for the building, I don't think, would have lasted the test of time and nowhere near as good as what we have come up with now. And so actually, although it was such a painful moment, it was the Lord's mercy, I think, which kept us from following through on that plan. But even in that time, and I, that was a really low moment for me 10 years ago, in, in, that, that, in that moment, God encouraged us. In May 2012, we had a gathering of some local pastors who came into Alder Road, and we were praying together. And there were a number of prophetic words which came for us at that time. And I was looking at some of these the other day, and I just wanted to highlight some for you now. One of the words said, I saw a huge hand across your backs, gently but very fatherly edging you forward. No retreat was the phrase I had. And where there's almost been a sense of, what are we doing now? Do we back down? 
I feel the Lord was saying, no, I am with you. He's wanting to put courage in you by his spirit. He's wanting to impart courage and faith now. That was a moment when I wasn't feeling much courage or faith, and the word from the Lord came saying courage and faith, and that was something which we chose to lean into again. Another word on that morning was this. I believe that the Lord God is birthing a big, significant change in the structural, spiritual DNA and dynamic and mission of the church, and the building is simply a manifestation of what's really happening to the true church, which is the people. It's basically the same word that Ryan brought to us a few weeks ago. Are we preparing a building for the people or preparing a people for the mission the building will facilitate? Actually, what God is wanting to do in us is something structural in us as a people, which is then reflected in what we do with our buildings. And then a third encouragement that came that morning was this. I feel that God would want to highlight that he's orchestrated this. It's happening in the context of mission, that there is something in the heart of the church which God is after, There's a breaking of a heart, a stronghold almost in the church for mission, but it's linked to money. I feel that God would say, don't be ashamed to ask for money for mission, and don't be ashamed to link mission and the building project together. And that's a word which feels extraordinarily relevant now, 10 years on. That was a difficult moment in 2012. We were encouraged by those fortifying words. The following year... In response to feeling God stirring us, 2013, a group of 20 people started to meet with me and Grace in our house for a few months, talking, planning, preparing to start a new congregation down on Paul Quay. And uh, we then moved down to Paul Quay into Harley's Fish and Chip Shop, and uh, I handed on the leadership of that to Aaron, who's with us this weekend, and for a time we were down there on Paul Quay, moving from venue to venue, starting the Fish and Chip Shop, moved along the quay, kept progressing different venues. And then in 2015, 502 came onto the market and we asked for money. Don't be ashamed to ask for money for mission. We asked for money. And it was actually this week, uh, seven years ago, that happened. And this is going to be a morning when I get emotional. Uh, That was... uh, that, that, that was, I remember it because it was, it was the last week of the school holidays because we, we were going on holiday as soon as the school finished. And so I remember it because I did a video for, to show you because I couldn't stand up on a Sunday and say, we think we should go for this, give us some money. Instead, I had to do a video, which wasn't how I'd want to do it. And that's before we got used to doing videos for COVID. And I remember we put a video out to the church saying, look, guys, I'm off on holiday, but this building has come on the market and we really feel that we should buy it. And we had that amazing moment when we made pledges and the money came in and we were able to buy 502. And then the following Easter, 2016, we started the congregation that has been meeting there. And having that building has really enabled us to do what we've done this year in terms of the building project at Alder Road. And of course, then since then, we've been through so much stuff. We've been through the pandemic. We're now over halfway through our building project at Alder Road. And in January 2023, we'll be back in two congregations in two awesome buildings. And the, and, the, uh, <clears throat> and the word of encouragement that's come to us is, are we preparing a building for the people or preparing a people for the mission the building will facilitate? It's, it's vital that we get this preparation work right. 
when Ryan preached back in May, he preached from Ezra 1, verse 5, and that's really the verse I'm going to particularly focus on this morning. It says this, Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. This is a remarkable story of faith and courage. God moved them. Everyone whose heart God had moved. God moved their hearts, but then they had to move. They had to get up and leave Babylon and go back to Jerusalem. Now, one of our core beliefs, our theological conviction as a church, we believe in the sovereignty of God. We believe that God is always the primary mover. But then in the dynamic between God's sovereignty and human agency, we as people, the people of God, always have to respond to how God is moving. And in this situation, God moved the hearts of these people, and then they responded and rose up to go back to Jerusalem. And for us now, today, God is moving in our hearts, and we need to respond. And we are six months out from making a massive move. Some of you will stay at 502, as we have been meeting this year. Others of you will go to Alder Road. For every one of us who's part of Gateway, it will mean change. It's going to be different from January. And that needs to be done in faith and courage. Remember that word that came 10 years ago, faith and courage. We need faith and courage as we make this move. And we do need to start preparing now. And what I want to do for the next few minutes is to help set us up for the next six months, the ways in which we need to prepare so that in January, when we're back in two congregations, we are ready for the mission that God has called us to. So the first thing is that we do need to prepare for going back to two congregations. This will be the first time really in three years that we have been one church and two congregations. Uh, there was some time last year when we were having meetings at both sites, but really because of the pandemic and then because of the building project this year, it will effectively be three years since we've really existed as two congregations. And uh, that's going to take some preparing for. It's going to be different for us. And I want to give you some headlines about how we're planning and organizing. I'm going to give you the big picture, broad brushstrokes. And I know everybody immediately wants to know all the detailed questions. And afterwards, people are going to go rushing around saying, which side are you going to be at? Uh, I'd encourage you to kind of hold back on speculation and, and to lean into faith and courage. And we've got six months to prepare. So I, I want to paint the broad picture. And over the next six months, we will fill in the detail. So in terms of team leadership, I'm I, I, I going to continue giving overall leadership to our team especially in our vision and values. And John, Richard, and myself continue as staff elders. We're, by the grace of God and by uh, your generosity, we're employed to serve and pastor this church. And John and Richard and I really kind of form the operational team in terms of the day-to-day -day oversight of the church. Richard particularly focusing on operations and finances. John overseeing the areas of worship, looking after the noughts to 18s and managing the overall program and diary of the church. And me particularly focusing on our vision and values and giving a steer to our preaching and teaching content. We, of course, then have the other guys who serve as elders amongst us. And uh, they're not so involved in the day-to-day -day operations of the church, but they particularly focus on pastoral care for the flock. What we then need to do, and we haven't really had for the last three years, is to see at each site a team of elders working with a team of deacons and other leaders. There's a strong site team at both 502 and Alder Road to bring health and life to the congregations. 
Well, one of the bigger headline changes in that is that we're having a bit of a shift in terms of who is going to be leading each of those teams. So Nathaniel has led us at 502 for a number of years now, since uh, Ian and Lindsay Kennedy moved on to, to Glasgow. And it's been amazing how Nathaniel has been able to lead in the way he has. He has this is a man who has the most extraordinary capacity. And most of us know that Nathaniel struggles with significant health issues, which often just takes people out of the game, but he hasn't allowed that to happen. He's got a young family. He's got a demanding job at university. And then he has the most extraordinary impact in the church. I mean, his, his capacity to love and care for people, pastor people, visit people is amazing. And he has led absolutely awesomely at 502. <laughs> One of the things we've always wanted to get to is the place where we have a staff elder who is leading the team at both sites. We think that's important in terms of giving equal focus and energy to both locations. And we've, got, we've talked this with Nathaniel over the years and, and said, do you want to do it? And uh, Nathaniel still doesn't feel that conviction to step into full-time ministry in that way. He feels a real sense of call to what he's doing at the university, and we, and we honor and respect that. But we nonetheless want to move to a place, especially in this new season, where there is staff focus on each location. So we're having a bit of a, a switch around. So I'm actually going to step back into site leadership, which I haven't done for a long time. And I'm going to lead the team at Alder Road. Grace and I will be back at Alder Road, focusing there. We'll be there most Sundays, leading that team, giving a lead to that congregation. And then John and Vic, um, Rich and Vic, sorry, wrong, <laughs> wrong side of the Vicky. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Richard and Vix are going to move down to 502, and they will be leading the site team down at 502. So that's going to be a bit of a pivot. Obviously, before COVID and everything else, Rich and Vix were leading at Alder Road, so we're just switching that around. Grace and I will be leading at Alder Road. Rich and Vix will be leading at 502, and we'll both be leading with elders, deacons, and other leaders, raising them up in those sites. Uh, I will be traveling much less... We're not going to go back to me or whoever's preaching most weeks, preaching at both. Uh, it's not been something, to be honest, that I've ever particularly enjoyed. I miss the relational connection that being in and out of the service means. And so most Sundays, I will be at Alder Road. I'm still going to be in, at least once a month. I'll be traveling to other churches with my wider responsibilities. Um, but I won't be at 502 nearly as much, and Richard won't be at Alder Road nearly as much. There'll be some exchange backwards and forwards, but not so much. That's going to mean some change. And we want to lean into both our togetherness, that both congregations form part of one church, but we also want to push into a bit more distinction between the two congregations. We're going to keep the same vision and values. And uh, some things we run together, we have the same trustees team and hold our finances together. But it's going to be the responsibility of the teams at each site to develop and recognize new leaders. There are going to be ministries which we continue to hold together. Our youth work will continue to operate across both sites. Our gatehouse ministries and things like alpha-type courses will continue to do those together. But much more of the pastoral work will happen in the congregations. So life groups and pastoral care will be organized by the congregations. There's going to be central resourcing for key areas, particularly things like children's ministry and the worship teams. 
but we're going to look to have site-specific serving teams, again, in those key areas. So look to have a, a worship teams for each site and kids' ministry teams for both sites. Both sites will follow the same teaching plan. We're going to still be teaching the same things on Sunday mornings, but we're going to have more weeks each year where uh, there's not a set teaching schedule for that particular Sunday, and there'll be more freedom in each site for site eldership to teach into what they f- feel that the congregation particularly needs to hear at that time. We'll still be doing shared events together. We'll do worship nights together, things like Good Friday and Christmas services we'll do together. We'll do this together. And I think probably next year this will be in some ways even, this has been so important after three years of not doing this. Next year when we've been in two congregations for six months, I think we'll be really keen to be back and all in the same room again. So this kind of thing is going to be so important for us together. But we're going to create more space for there to be more flexibility and creativity in each congregation to lean into the things they feel God is wanting them to do. January 8th, 2023 is go date. Sunday, the 8th of January. That means that we have six months to prepare, six months to get all this ready. So those are the broad brushstrokes. The wider leadership team are together at the end of August for a couple of days leaning into this. The elders then have a couple of days away together later in September to get into some detailed planning. There's going to be lots of conversations going on. There's going to be some particular people we're going to be saying, can you please go to that congregation? Can you please be at that congregation? Others of you are going to have to work out where you want to fit. When we get to December, we're going to be asking you to sign up to serving teams. That will help clarify who is where. And we'll see how we go. There's going to be a lot of planning we do and a lot of trusting in God and a lot of faith and courage that is needed. We need to prepare for being back in two congregations. Okay? Second thing we need to prepare for is some pain. It's great being together. It's great being together. Being together feels good. And as we've been together in one location uh, through the pandemic, as we had to just do things on the hoof and everything got mixed up and life groups suddenly got mixed up and we were doing Zooms from across the church together and over the last few months we've actually been in one venue together. That's felt good. It's been interesting to mix up different combinations, people who've been at Alder Road and people who've been at 502 and didn't know each other and now do and have formed friendships and served and loved together. That's been beautiful to see. It's going to be different when we go back into two congregations. There are going to be people who you no longer see as often as you do now, even though we've been in different services. Certainly in the morning, there's been an opportunity in the coffee time between services to see people from other services. You're going to miss some people, and you won't know as much because there'll be stuff happening in the congregation you're not in which you won't be aware of. Now, when the Lord stirred the hearts of these people in the story of Ezra to go back to Jerusalem, I'm sure there would have been some pain for them. Because these people have been in Babylon for 70 years. They weren't meant to be in Babylon, but they had been there for 70 years. That's a long time. I'm sure they had got their roots pretty deep down. God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah and said, put your roots down here. And so when the Lord stirred their hearts and said, I want some of you to go back to Jerusalem, I'm sure there was some trepidation about heading back to what for most of them would have been unknown and what actually was ruins going back to Jerusalem. They, had, they were used to life in Babylon. And now God was stirring their hearts to something else. And there's going to be a sense of uprooting, I think, for some of us. There might, there'll be people that you miss. It might even be that some of you who are at Alder Road, you're going to miss Rich and Vic. Some of you who are at Five or Two might even miss me and Grace. Uh, won't be seeing us quite so much. There's going to be some of that pain. 
And so I don't want to pretend that this is going to be pain-free. It will involve pain. Mission always does. When we started initially, that little congregation at Paul Key, we said then this is going to involve some pain because there's going to be some separation of relationships. When we had one of these camps three, four years ago, was it four years ago when we sent Ian and Lindsay off to Scotland? We said there's going to be some pain. There's real pain. Mission always involves pain. And so we've got to believe that the pain we are going to experience is worth it for the sake of the mission that God has called us to. And so I want us to have permission to acknowledge the painfulness. It's going to, it is going to be a bit tearful, I think, at times. not going to see you as much as I used to. It's going to feel a little bit difficult, but we need to push into mission with faith. And, and if we're feeling some pain, the temptation always then is to retreat into either timidity or passivity. And we're not to retreat into timidity or passivity. What we're to push into is courage and faith. So if you do feel some pain in this process over the next six, six months, please articulate that, express it. But at the same time, let's lay hold of courage and faith and say for the sake of the mission, we feel the Lord stirring our hearts, this is a good thing to do. So the third thing we need to do is to prepare for the mission. And how we use our buildings is an important part of that. In the shape of our week, Sunday is a really important day. When we gather together, God's people gathering together on a Sunday, that's a vital moment. And we want to max that out. We are creating a whole bunch of space in what we're now doing. There's going to be a bigger seating capacity at Alder Road than there used to be. And I don't want us to be rattling around in there. I want to fill that thing. And down at 502, be back to one service, but... I want you to be back at two services at 502 fairly quickly as well. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for growth. We're looking to multiply our buildings in terms of how we use them on a Sunday, multiply their effect, maxing it out. But as well as Sundays, there are another six days of the week in which we want to use our buildings. We're not spending all this money on Alder Road and all the money we spend on 502 just for Sundays. It's to serve the mission of God in our town throughout the week. And we want to lean into that over the next few months, see how God stirs us, what he leads us into. A key part of that, I think, is our Gatehouse Initiative, which Richard has been leading and spearheading, and what we've started in Embryo on Thursdays and Friday mornings down at 502. That's going to be continuing. Also, uh, Donna, where's Donna? Give us a wave. Donna, standing at the back. Donna, who's been on maternity leave for the last year, is going to come back into staff, and two-thirds of her time is going to be given to Gatehouse uh, to, to actually be physically present, but also primarily to think about how we can increase what we're doing in terms of our our mission to those who need our help. So all the stuff that Steve Hunter was talking yesterday about in terms of our, our mission to the poor. So we want to see both our buildings increasingly used for community use, blessing the community around us, being a good news place. Even as Steve was talking yesterday about what's happening this winter, the predictions and about people needing warm places to go, I was immediately thinking, we're going to have a new building with underfloor heating. Maybe we can get a whole bunch of people in there day by day at Alder Road who need some warmth. And we can show them, we can give them some physical warmth and show them the love of Christ. So we need to think about all that kind of stuff. We want to use our buildings for mission. We need to prepare for mission. We also, as well as thinking about how we use our buildings, there's a bigger thing we need to prepare for in terms of mission. We have increasingly got to think like missionaries. If we were going to send you off after this weekend to go to a different nation, you would need to do some hard work. 
of learning the language and learning the culture and learning how to contextualize if you were going to have any hope of being an effective missionary in that place. And the world in which we live is increasingly alien territory. And even over the last couple of days, I had a number of conversations with people around the practical stuff, and so often it seems to be around the areas of sexuality. How do we speak into this culture? How do we hold our ground? What do we really believe? What are the, li- the lines which we're not prepared to cross? How do we engage? What do you do when the HR department demands this or that or the other? How- what do we do when the kids are picking up this stuff at school? All those kind of questions. We're going to need to do some very intentional, deliberate hard thinking about how to be missionaries in a culture which is increasingly alien territory. We need to do that. We need to prepare for the mission. So preparation of the buildings for us to use for the mission is a preparation of us for the mission. The fourth thing we need to do, a very practical one, is that we need to prepare financially. Now, it's wonderful to enjoy this amazing weather. None of us have got our heating on back at home, praise God. But, as Steve was reminding us yesterday, it looks like it's going to be a very challenging winter. Already you're experiencing this. I know I am. Go to the store and it seems like the bags of shopping you bring back cost the same amount they did six months ago, but you're bringing far fewer bags home. That's how it is. Every time you go to the shop, prices seem to be raging forwards. And we all know what's happening to our heating and lighting and all those utility bills, and when it gets to autumn and it's getting a bit chilly and you want to start putting the heating on again and you're beginning to be thinking about how much more your electric and gas bills are than they used to be, there's going to be a real financial squeeze upon people, and some people are already starting to really feel that, and many more people will feel that once we get to the winter. And this is all happening at the same time as we have a £1.2 million loan to pay off on our Alder Road building. The only way we're going to do that is by being in it together. Ezra 1 verse 5, the Lord stirred their hearts, they got ready to go. Ezra 1 verse 6, all their neighbors assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock and with valuable gifts, in addition to all the free will offerings. What we see in this story is that people got generous The whole community got involved. Some went back to Jerusalem, but everybody got involved financially. And the reality is that we need cash. As a church, we need cash. One of those prophetic words that came 10 years ago was this. I feel that God would say, don't be ashamed to ask for money for mission. And don't be ashamed to link mission and the building projects together. And so this morning, I am unashamed to ask you for money, recognizing the reality that for some of you, this next season is going to be difficult because of the increase in the cost of living and the increase in bills and everything else. But I'm asking you for money, unashamedly, I'm asking you for money. The the reality at the moment of our vision fund is that when we started, when we went for it in terms of getting the loan and starting the building, we asked for pledges to meet the monthly repayments for the loan. And at that point, there were pledges of about £10,000 which came in. It was amazing. The reality is that pledge has not yet been met. At the moment, we're getting about £7,800 a month coming in. So nearly £2,500 less than was pledged is actually coming in monthly. And because of the increase in interest rates already, our mortgage repayments are £9,000 a month. So we are already behind 
in terms of what we need. And at the moment, we have other reserves which we're drawing on, but that cannot continue indefinitely. So I am asking you for an increase in your giving to the Vision Fund because we need it in order to be able to pay the loan back. I'm also asking you for ongoing faithfulness in giving to our general fund because we don't want any of the other ministries of the church to be stopped because of finances. So unashamedly, I'm asking you for money. And I think it's important for you to know that as an elder team, we are deeply committed to this ourselves. Uh, Grace and, and me, ourselves, at what we've been doing this year is we're double tithing on our net income. So a fifth of the money we actually get in, we're giving to the church. We are deeply committed. That's costly. That means that there are other things which we don't do because we're giving a fifth of our income to the church. Now, we're in a position to be able to do that. Not all of you would be. But I'm asking you unashamedly for money for the mission. The final thing we need to prepare for is opposition. The building work of the people of God is always opposed. We have an enemy who always opposes the building work that God is wanting to do amongst his people. It has not been easy getting to where we now are. This has been a 50-year journey. And certainly in the 14 years that I've been here, there have been times when I have felt absolutely desperate, banging my head against the wall, moments. How are we going to crack this issue? We've got to get these buildings sorted out. How on earth are we going to do it? There's been opposition along the way. And we need to expect more opposition because we have an enemy who opposes us. Now, when you do a building project, whether you do a little project in your home or a big church building project like we're, we're doing, it always feels like there's opposition because there's always stuff that goes wrong. Nobody has a story to tell of how wonderful their building project was at every step of the journey. It might feel like that after it's done. It's like, it's like having a baby. Oh, it's all been wonderful. Remember what it felt like for those nine months. And building projects are always like that. But we also need to recognize that there is the reality for us of the spiritual dynamic. There is a spiritual fight going on because we have an enemy who doesn't want us to be a port for the lost. We have an enemy who doesn't want us to pursue Jesus. We have an enemy who doesn't want us to be pregnant with the promise of new life. We have an enemy who doesn't want us to serve the poor. And so there's a spiritual conflict which is going on and we need to be prepared for that. You see that in the story of Ezra. Get to Ezra chapter 4, and we read this. When the enemies of Judah, the enemies of Judah and Benjamin, heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel, the leader of the people, and to the heads of the families and said, let us help you build, because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, you have no part with us in building a temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. The people came back to Jerusalem, stirred by the Lord. Enemies tried all kinds of tactics to stop them. The first tactic was, oh, we're just like you, let us help, which was a lie. They were not just like them. They didn't worship the true God, truly. 
And we see these enemies trying to undermine and compromise leadership, and that always happens. You need to pray for me and the rest of the eldership team because we have an enemy who would love to see us compromised. And that happens. You need to pray for us that we don't fall for the enemy's schemes. We see enemies in this story who lie about their motives and are selective with their facts and bribe officials in order to cause opposition to come. And the work was stopped, Ezra 4, 24. Thus the work of the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Now, it, it looks like nothing is going to stop the actual building at Alder Road now. The big stuff has all been done. The building is up. The walls are up. They're, it's basically the inside stuff now being done. This week, they're putting down the underfloor heating and, and the, the, the screed floors are going down. All that, it's happening. All the big stuff has been done now. But we need to keep praying for that because we know how, what happens to building projects. And we need to be alert to enemy opposition tactics. And the enemy's key tactics always are lies, discouragement, and disunity. They, the peoples around them set out to discourage them. And we need to watch out for that. We have an enemy who would discourage us. We'd have an enemy who'd want to cause disunity. Even, even as we prepare to go back to two congregations, there's, there's opportunity there for the enemy to get in and cause disunity. Oh, you're going there, and you're going there, and oh, I'm not sure where I fit. It would be easy to happen. We need to be on our guard against discouragement and disunity from the enemy. The people finally got past this halt to the work. Ezra chapter 5, it says, Now Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the prophet, a descendant of Ido, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Then Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel and Joshua son of Josedek set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem and the prophets of God were with them supporting them. How was it they overcame the opposition they faced and got on with building the house of God? It was because the prophets spoke and the leaders stepped up and the people willingly followed. That's how it happened. Now, we need to be a prophetic people. We are. This whole weekend, we've been focusing on these prophetic Ps the Lord has spoken to us. We've got to be a prophetic people. These five Ps are meant to stir us into action. Now, those of us who are called to lead, we are determined to step up and lead on in this. And we'd love for you to be with us involved in the mission that God has called us to. Let's get this thing done. Think of what it says again, that first uh, verse we looked at in Ezra. The family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. Let's allow God to move our hearts. We're going to be back in two congregations, 8th of January. There is going to be some pain to that. It is for the sake of the mission. We need finance to get it done, and we will face opposition. But let's allow our hearts to be moved. Let's follow the call of God, and let's trust him that he really is preparing a people for the mission he has got for us, for the sake of his glory, and for the good of BCP. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together and come back into worship and uh, let's pray. Why don't we just, let's start calling out to God together, asking him to help us in these things I've been sharing. Whatever it is you need.
God to stir you and ask God for things you want to bring before him. Let's begin to lift our voices and, and pray to him that he would prepare us. Help us, Lord, I pray that you would uh, continue the things you have been doing in us. Lord, thank you that at last, after all these years, finally that building work is underway all the road. Lord, thank you for the amazing provision of 502 a few years back. Lord, thank you for the, for the opportunity we have, the, the, the space we now have to push forward in mission because of the buildings you've blessed us with. I pray for us, Lord, that we would be a people prepared in our hearts, in our spirits, for the mission you're calling us to, in the context of our day, with all its questions and trouble and opposition. Let us be people who are full of faith and courage in you. I pray this year, as, Lord, as we go into, as we will go into a winter which is going to be hard, I pray that we'd be people of faith and courage and that we might speak that to others. I pray that people who are fearful, we might be able to say to them, come with us and with us find faith and courage in Christ. He is your hope. You can rely on him. You can trust in him, whatever the circumstances. Let us live that, demonstrate it, prove it. And when we get back into those two buildings in January, let us know the God's hand on our back, propelling us forwards into all you'd have for us. Let us be obedient in following you and stepping more and more into the mission you've called us. Amen. Let's worship him.